Welcome to the Truth Must Be Told podcast. I have covered many subjects and will continue to bring you quality podcasts to give you some hope in this uncertain world. If you've missed any episodes, you can go to thetruthmustbetold.org and you will find the link for anchor.fm, which will allow you to listen to previous podcasts absolutely free. It's free to visit the site and free to listen. While you're there, consider hitting that support button and help this ministry to continue to be free and a blessing to many. Thank you for your support and for joining me here on The Truth Must Be Told. Well, I'll be speaking my mind today on some personal thoughts here on The Truth Must Be Told. Oh, stand by. He's just ignorant. He doesn't know any better than to tell the truth. It's the truth. I just want to report the truth. It'll be a nice change of pace. Okay? When in doubt, tell the truth. Edward, I tried to tell the truth, and they kicked me off the air. You can't handle the truth! And now, speaking the truth, even though it hurts, here's the host of The Truth Must Be Told, Sal Passos. Hello, hello, and uh, welcome to today's podcast. And don't forget, right off the bat, don't forget to change your clocks back tonight. It's very important that you do that, uh, or else you'll miss the next episode. <laughs> all right. Well, no, it's good to see you all here. And uh, do you believe this is episode number 121? Episode 120 was with uh, with uh, Karima and Morty. I hope you guys enjoyed that podcast. That was such a blessing to listen to that lady give her testimony. A Muslim that converted to Christianity. What a wonderful thing. God bless her. All right. Uh, before I begin, I want to take a few things right off. First, uh, a, a few things right off the bat uh, that you might enjoy. Um, all right. Uh, first of all, to begin, uh, I want to wish a very happy birthday to Marianne, who has been on this show. I interviewed her a few weeks back, interview uh, a few months back, interview with Mary Gardner on Bridgeport Rescue Mission. Very, very popular show. Definitely take a listen to that. I think you'll you'll enjoy it. And happy birthday to my uh, to Brian, an old friend from my Bible school days. Happy birthday to you, Brian. I hope that you have a Great, great day. Blessing day. Blessed day for both of you. It's a great thing to have you here. Just doing a little adjusting on the microphone. I'm trying to find a happy medium here, and I just can't seem to. Well, there are no happy mediums. That's an inside joke. Okay, well, all right. Well, we'll hope we'll, uh, we'll, do, we'll do the best we can with what we've got, okay? Today is just a little weird. Trying to make some adjustments here in the system, and it's uh, giving me a hard time. All right, so uh, first, first of all, I just want to remind you of a new podcast that's out. At, it's called the Kilroy Williams Show, and uh, uh, Kilroy was a great, a great guy. I had a great interview with him. He will be airing uh, my interview on November twelfth. Don't forget to tune into his podcast if you want to hear it. We talked about the church being woke, and the church needs to wake up. And um, I'll put a link in the podcast description and on my website. And speaking of the website, uh, I have been updating the website as well. Uh, I've listed all the sites that I'm on, and I've added, uh, I've added uh, Kilroy's link in there as well. So please visit thetruthmustbetold.com and take a look around. You can contact me through the website. There's a, there's a way, to, uh, uh, way to contact me. We have, uh, 
Here's the links for uh, all the uh, audio video on the page so you can enjoy that. Uh, there's a contact page here. If you go to contact, there's a page here. You just put in your name, your email address, subject you want to talk about, put in your message. And then down here in the bottom, you see it says one plus two equals what? You just got to answer that question. So you don't need to be a math wizard, but if you answer that question, that just lets them know that you're not a computer. So, but yeah, I've got some uh, really interesting things in there. I started putting up uh, so you'll see, I started putting up some photos you can take a look at and, um, the about page that I have here gives my, uh, statement of fundamental truths. It's there and I don't have a store yet or a schedule, but there is a blog and I tell you about the new social media platform. Are we in the last days? Definitely take it and cruise around the uh, website. I think you'll enjoy it. Also, I'm on a new social platform called Yubnub. I know it's a funny name, but uh, it is a platform made for we the people. There's no censorship. You can speak your mind, make new friends, and do all the things you do on Facebook, but better, you can make money, and you can have fun as well. It's free to check it out. It's free, so check it out. Excuse me, not free to check it out. I mean, it's free. Uh, but you go to yubnub.social and look for the Truth Must Be Told podcast. And you'll actually be able to see the videos there. So it'll be a little bit easier than trying to get it on YouTube, who censors me, and, you know, all the other places that it goes out to. I mean, it's on a lot of different places. And, you know, uh, but, you know, and if you are watching this on YouTube, it just reminds you guys to, to like and share the podcast. Go ahead and subscribe as well. And we'll see, uh, see how that goes. All right. <clears throat> So I've been wrestling today about what to talk about, and it's been a very, very difficult week all the way around. Uh, there are so many things happening uh, in the news, so many topics out there. It's not, it's just too much. It, 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 it's, you know, there isn't a lot of topics. It's not that there's not a lot of topics out there to cover. There's quite a bit, and I don't know where to begin. Uh, the headlines in the news are so widespread. It just goes from soup to nuts on everything that's out there in the news today. <clears throat> Excuse me. And, uh, you know, there's a bunch of stuff out there. I mean, Biden continues to embarrass this country. He falls asleep at the, uh, at the, uh, the climate conference. Uh, during his campaign, he said that he would not shut down the pipeline. First day in, shuts down the pipeline. He said he would uh, he would he wouldn't demand mandates on vaccines and surprise here they are though I just heard that an appeals court has delayed the implement of the January first startup which is good because we really don't need that this is an unconstitutional thing they're running it under some kind of an emergency whatever but I'll tell you right now that you know the COVID counts are down uh, there's no emergency the vaccines in 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 place and. What's the problem? You know, the problem, uh, we'll talk about that in a little while, in a little while. You know, he says that the climate summit, the climate is the most um, dangerous thing to the United States right now. And yet we have China is tests a hypersonic missile. We have millions of, 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 of immigrants coming over the border that are bringing in different diseases. This has been happening a while. This is nothing new. I spoke to some people out in California when I was 
working for a bank, <clears throat> excuse me, when I was working for the bank doing uh, customer service, we saw the, the, uh, these people were calling me and said, yeah, she's a, one lady said, oh, I'm a teacher in a school and I'm seeing diseases that we have never had before. Surprise, surprise, surprise. Well, I wonder why, because there's all these illegal immigrants coming in that are not vaccinated and, you know, not just with, not vaccinated just for COVID, but other things as well. And all these things are happening. It is more important to Biden that he flies to a climate summit. Now, the world leaders, all the world, leader, world leaders that arrived at this climate summit uh, arrived in their huge jets, their gas-sucking limos, to go to this thing. And, you know, when the president, let's just talk about the president. When he flies someplace, you have to have a plane for him. Air Force One will fly that. Then there's a duplicate Air Force One that follows, just in case the first one breaks down. Then there's a huge transport plane that has to transport his limo. It's called the Beast, um, ironically, um, to wherever he's got to go. All of this fuel, not to mention the Secret Service agents have to go. They have to get hotel rooms, all this other stuff. Um, and I, I'm sure the other world leaders are doing this as well. Now, do you think that of all the meetings in the world that could have been a Zoom meeting, wouldn't you think climate conference would be the first on the list? Let's not waste all this fuel coming here. Let's set an example to the world, and we'll have this on a Zoom meeting. But of course not. I emphasize this because it's not about control. All right, Everything that's happening now is, an, is the attempt of the world leaders to control every person in the world. Now, they don't want you to know that they seek to take away your freedoms, and yet they, are, they openly tell us that that is what they are going to do, and nobody says boo about it. <clears throat> you know, I've covered quite a bit of information during the month of October on this podcast. I covered um, how AI will be used recently. I covered how AI will be used to control the population. I showed how Satan wants to rule the earth and be worshipped. I showed how demons can impersonate anyone or anything. And this all ties into the one world government, a one world monetary system, and a one world religion, all controlled by AI. Now, I found this article I thought was interesting, and I'm going to read this to you here. Then afterwards, we'll take a break. But uh, plans of a technocratic elite, the Great Reset, is not a conspiracy theory. And I just want to uh, come back with the camera. I just want to tell you that um, the Great Reset is what they're after. They want to set the world up into a one-world government, a one-world religion, and a one-world monetary system. And that Great Reset can be interpreted as setting up for the Antichrist because he's going to take over and create a one-world government. He's going to take that over and control everybody in the world. So let's get on with this article if you don't believe me. Okay, here we go. In previous installments, I noticed the Great Reset idea and treated it in terms of its economic and ideological components. And this was taken for the uh, 
from Opera News. And it says zerohedge.com there, so I'm not sure what that all um, what that all means. I tried to find the author's name. I couldn't find it. <clears throat> so in this installment, I will discuss what the Great Reset entails in terms of governance and the Fourth Industrial Revolution, 4IR, closing with remarks about the overall Great Reset project and its implications. According to Klaus Schwab, the founder and executive chair of the World Economic Forum, the WEF, the 4IR the follows the first, second, and third industrial revolutions, the mechanical, industrial, and digital, respectively. The 4IR builds on the digital revolution, but Schwab sees the 4IR as an exponential takeoff and governance of existing and emerging fields, including big data, artificial intelligence, there it is, machine learning, there it is, that's how AI works, <clears throat> excuse me, quantum computings and genetics, nanotechnology and robotics. The consequence is the merging of the physical, digital, and biological worlds. I said this the other day on my show, and you people must have thought I was crazy. The blurring of these categories ultimately challenges the very ontologies in which they on which we understand ourselves and the world, including what it means to be human. The specific applications that make up the four R are too numerous to, to numerous and sundry to treat in full, but include an ambiguous internet, the internet of things, the internet of bodies, the autonomous, autonomous vehicles, smart cities, 3D printing, nanotechnology, biotechnology, excuse me, material sciences, materials science, energy storage, and more. While Schwab and the WEF promote a particular vision for the 4IR, the developments he announces are not his brain children. The, and they have nothing, and they is, there is nothing original about his formulations. Transhumanists and singular, singular, singularitarians, or prophets of the technological singularity, now, just so you'll know, singularity is what they, uh, singularity, this is a term they use. They say that if AI continues to grow, it could take over and create a singularity. Singularity being that the AI will be in control of everything. They will, it will become self-aware, sounds familiar, and will take over the world. That's what they mean by singularity. <clears throat> such as Ray Kurzweil and many others, forecasted these and more revolutionary developments. Long before Schwab heralded them, the significance of Schwab and the WEF's take on the new technolo technological revolution is an attempt to harness it into a particular end, presumably a, fear, a fairer and green future. Ooh. But if existing 4R developments are any indication of the future, then Schwab's enthusiasm is misplaced and the 4IR is misrepresented. These developments already include internet algorithms that feed users prescribed news and advertisements and downrank or exclude banned content, algorithms that censor social media content and consign dangerous individuals and organizations to digital gulags, apps that track and trace COVID suspects and report violators to the police, robot police with QR code scanners, to identify and round up dissenters, and smart cities where everyone is a digital entry, 
entity to be monitored, surveilled, and recorded, while data data on their every move is collected, collated, stored, and attached to a digital identity and social credit score. That is for IR technologies subject human, subject human beings to a technological management that makes the early surveillance by the NSA look like child's play. Schwab, Schwab lauds future developments that will connect brains directly to the cloud, enabling the data mining of thought and memory and technological mastery over experience that threatens individual autonomy and undermines the assemblance of free will. And I talked about this the other day too. Uh, Microsoft <clears throat> wants to implant a brain chip in your head. And with that brain chip, they'll be able to monitor, actually monitor your brain waves and your reaction to things. They'll be able to th- see your thoughts. It's out there. The stuff's out there. It's happening today. It's not coming. It's already here. The 4IR accelerates the merging of humans and machines, resulting in a world in which all information, including genetic information, is shared and every, and every action, thought, and unconscious motivation is known, predicted, and possibly even precluded. Aldous Huxley's Brave New World comes to mind, yet Schwab touts brain cloud interfaces as enhancements, as a vast improvement over standard human intelligence, thus lending them an appeal not all imaginable for Soma. This is coming. There's a company right now that produces a game headset. You put this on, you can play video games just with your brainwaves. And they found that a very it's easy to hack into this and take your thoughts, take your implant thoughts into you, Okay, AI controls, AI monitors everything that you look at on the internet. Why do you think that when you search for something, like if you search for, um, all right, I search for a piece of sound equipment for the studio. From then on, everything on my smartphone, all the commercials I see, all the ads I see from then on that show up on my Facebook or any place else I go, are all give me advertisement for sound equipment. Oh, coincidental? No, it's no coincidink, quinky dink. It is AI monitoring these things and they are in place. It's there now. Okay, many positive developments may come from 4IR, but unless it is taken out of the hands of corporate socialist technocrats, it will constitute a virtual prison. Under the Great Reset governance model, states and favored corporations from public-private partnerships in control of governance. The, con- uh, the configuration yields a corporate-state hybrid largely unaccountable to the constituents of national governments. The cozy relationship between multinational corporations and governments has even aroused the scorn of a few left-leaning critics. They note that the governance model of the WEF represents at least the private, the partial private privatization of the UN's Agenda 2030, with the WEF bringing, cor- bringing in corporate po- uh, partners, money, and supposed expertise on the four IR to the table, and the WEF's 
um, governance model extends well beyond the UN, affecting the constitution and behavior of governments worldwide. This usurpation has, usurpation has led political scientist Ivan Weck to call the WEF's governmental design of the world system a corporate takeover of global governance. This is true, but the averse is also true. The WEF model also represents the governmentalization of private industry. Under Schwab's stakeholder, take, stakeholder capitalism, the multi-state governance model, the governance is not only increasingly privatized, but also more importantly, corporations are deputized as major additions to governments and intergovernmental bodies. The state is thereby, thereby extended, enhanced, and augmented by the addition of enormous corporate assets. These include funding directly at the sustainable development to the exclusion of non to exclusion of the non-compliant, as well as the use of big data, artificial intelligence, and 5G to monitor and control citizens. In the case of the COVID vaccine regime, the state plants grants big pharma monopoly protection and indemnity from liability exchange for a vehicle by which to expand its powers of coercion. Such corporate stakeholders become what I have called governmental governmentalities. In other words, private organizations wielded as state apparatuses with no obligation to answer pesky constituents. <clears throat> Since these corporations are multinational, the state essentially becomes global whether or not a one-world government is ever formalized. So I'm going to jump down here to the, uh, to the end. He goes on a little bit more about it. You can read it yourself. But he said, the Great Reset then is not merely a conspiracy theory. It is an open, avowed, and planned project and is well underway. But because capitalism with Chinese characteristics or corporate socialism, uh, sadism, st uh, statism, lacks free market and depends the absence of free will and individual liberty, it is ironically unsustainable and doomed to fail. The question is just how much suffering and distortion will be endured until it does. And I'm so sorry I had to cut that a little short. <clears throat> As you can see, for some reason, I'm losing my voice. Just bear with me one moment. All right, so we're seeing that the Great Reset is a very, very real thing. It's a very, very real thing. And they want to integrate technology with biology. So we're going to discuss that. Um, you know what? Let's, let's just do this. Let's, uh, let's, let's go ahead and head into the break, and we'll discuss it on the other side, okay? Sorry, see, I told you I'm having problems with the sounds, but we'll get it. We'll get it straightened out. All right, so yeah, I needed that little break. I'd take something to drink here, and uh, hopefully my voice will hold out for at least another ten minutes. <laughs> we should be okay. All right, so 
the Great Reset, all of this stuff that's happening right now is moving to what they want is the Great Reset. They've used the term, the Great Reset. They have used the term, a new world order. This is them saying it. This is no more conspiracy theories. This stuff is out there. They're talking about it. They want to do it. Why do they want to do it? Why? Because this is setting things up for the Antichrist. I tried explaining this to you before on the other shows, and a lot of people may think I'm nuts. All right? But, um, you know, the Bible in the book of Revelation, John sees this Antichrist coming out of the sea with seven heads, ten horns. Okay, that's in Revelation 13.1. Now, combining this vision with Daniel's similar one in Daniel 7, we conclude that some sort of world system is inaugurated by the beast, which is the Antichrist. All right? And he's the most powerful horn that's listed on there that, that John talks about, who will defeat the other nine and begin to wage war against Christians. All right? Uh, the 10-nation confederacy was already seen in the book of Daniel, all right, where he pictures the final world government consisting of 10 entities represented by the 10 horns of a statue. Now, whoever they are, whoever these 10 entities are, they, uh, they come to power. Scripture is clear that the beast will either destroy them or reduce their power to nothing to more figureheads, uh, to nothing but mere figureheads. All right. Um, John goes on in Revelation 13.2 to say that the uh, beast, um, this ruler, is going to have a vast empire having power and great authority, which is going to be given to him by Satan himself. Like I said, we're going to see a, a triune satanic godhead. You're going to see Satan, who's going to run the Antichrist, that's his son, and you're going to have the false prophet will be the representation of the Holy Spirit. And there is a false trinity that is going to come up out of this thing during the Great Tribulation. All right? Now, once entrenched with power, the beast, the Antichrist, and the power behind him, Satan, will have to establish absolute, will move to establish absolute control over all the peoples. All right? And um, it was just something that he's been wanting to do since he got tossed out of heaven. Since Satan got tossed out of heaven, that's all he wants to do. He wants to control everything. All right? And uh, I read that to you in Isaiah. I will ascend to the Most High, to the throne of the Most High. I will rise above him. I will rise above the stars. I will control. I will be worshipped. I, 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 I. <clears throat> and I have no doubt that... Um, uh, it says, in one way they will accomplish this worship is um, by controlling the commerce. And this is where the one world currency comes in and everything else. Now, I'm opening my Bible to Revelations 13 because that's Revelation 13, not Revelations. It's only one Revelation, not multiples. I hope you, you folks begin to understand here that it's um, we are in a situation in the last days, and it's it's just it's going to be, and people are going to worship this this beast, this antichrist. Oh yeah. Um. All right. So we have here. Um, 
All right, so we're going in Revelation uh, 13. We're going to talk about the uh, the uh, the uh, false prophet here for a moment, and um, it says, "Then I saw a second beast coming out of the earth. It had two horns like a lamb, but it spoke like a dragon. It exercised all the authority of the first beast, the Antichrist, on its behalf, and made the earth and its inhabitants worship the first beast." whose fatal wound had been healed. And it performed great signs, even causing fire to come down from heaven to the earth in view of the people. Because of the signs it was given power to perform on behalf of the first beast, it deceived the inhabitants of the earth. It ordered them to set up an image in honor of the beast that was wounded by the sword and yet lived. The second beast was given power to give breath to the image of the first beast so that the image could speak and cause all who refused to worship the image to be killed. It also forced all the people, great and small, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hands or on their foreheads, so that they could not buy or sell unless they had the mark, which is the name of the beast or the number of his name. All right, so this is him wanting control over everything and he's going to have it all right the people are going to succumb to take the mark because they 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 will buckle under to survive and those who reject this um we reject this mark are going to be murdered they will be executed um but it's enforced all people great and small rich and poor free and slave to receive the mark on it, called not some people, all people, to receive that mark. And that is, we don't know what that is. It could be a computer chip planted in. It would be the most logical thing. You know, they're, they're already talking about this chip that they want to put in people's heads. Oh, it's easy. It's going to be an in-and-out procedure. They make a small incision that can't be seen. They put the chip in your brain, and they and you walk out. It's going to be an outpatient type of thing. You walk in, you get it done, you walk out, you go home, and you have this new chip in your head. And that is setting the stage, setting the stage for giving the Antichrist power by receiving this mark. That now it's he's going to control commerce. People will not be able to buy or sell unless they have the mark. So this is coming, all right? This is coming. I'm I'm telling you this because I'm trying to get the message out. It's so important that we understand that this is no longer time to play church. This is no longer time to be involved with touchy-feely, make me feel good, this is your best life now nonsense. All right? Those teachers that teach that garbage are going to be so surprised. There's no place for this kind of nonsense to go on anymore. When you're saying, oh, I'm going to join my best life now, God wants you to realize you're a little God. 
God wants you to realize that if you're in poverty, if you're in poverty, it's not, it's your fault. You either have sin in your life or you haven't given to the ministry. And these people promise you give to the ministry and you'll get so much stuff back. That's not what the Bible says. These people are teaching erroneous doctrines and they're leading people astray. And if you're one of the followers of these people, I, I, I beg you to stop listening to them and start picking up the Bible and reading it for yourself. Yeah, it's okay to sit there and say, this is my Bible. It, it, I am what it says I am. I do what it says I do. That's all great. But do you really? When's the last time that pastor talked on hell? When's the last time any of your pastors talked on hell? Listen, hell is a very real place. Jesus talked about hell more than he did about heaven. I got criticized the other day because I mentioned something that no pastor, I did it on Facebook, that no pastor should be teaching homosexuality and spiritualism, all this nonsense, and still be called and still try to preach the gospel. They're, they are counter, they're, they're, they're totally opposite. They're diametrically opposed. You can't teach that sin is okay when the Bible says that that sin is not, that it is sin. You can't teach that everybody's fine and everybody's going to heaven. That's universalism. You can't teach that because the Bible doesn't teach that. The Bible says that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, that there is none righteous. No, not one. How could you sit there and say that? How could you stand behind a pulpit pastor and tell people, oh, they're going to be fine? Never teach on hell. Listen, Jesus, I said it, Jesus talked more about hell than he did about heaven. You need to wake up. The scriptures are very, very clear. Hell hath opened her mouth without measure to receive all of those who are coming into it. Will you wake up? Stop being woke and start waking up to what's happening in the world today. Christian, I'm speaking to you. This is no more we arguing about whether we should speak in tongues or not, or whether we should support this player that's no longer that not it's not that nonsense has got to stop we've got to come united together as a church as the body of christ and stand together about what's happening right now in the world and get the message out there if god calls you to get involved with things politically then god bless you go for it god bless that governor down in virginia god called him to do that that's great we don't all get that calling God calls us to where we are. It may not be you sitting behind a microphone like I am and sharing the gospel, but it may be you picking up the phone and asking your neighbor, hey, I'm on my way to the grocery store. Is there something I can get for you? You know, maybe as you pick up the phone and 
Think about those people. You know, think about those people that you haven't seen in church for a while. Pick up the phone and say, "Hey, I haven't seen you. Is everything okay? I'm going to the store. Can I get you anything? Would you like to get together for coffee?" I would never turn down that invitation, by the way. Listen, people are hurting out there. They're hurting for truth. And if your church is not teaching the truth, you need to get out of that church. No, I'm not kidding. When's the last time your pastor preached on salvation? Through the blood of Jesus. When's the last time you heard him say, we're all sinners? And we need a salvation, we need a savior. When's the last time you heard him say that? When's the last time he told you that hell was a real place? Hmm? I'm asking you. I'm going I'm turning to Mark, I mean Matthew. Uh, I believe it's in Matthew 22. So hang on here. Let's see. Let's see if I'm correct. Yes. Jesus spoke to them again in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his servants to those who had been invited to the banquet to tell them to come, but they refused to come. Then he sent some more servants and said, Tell those who have been invited that I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and fatted cattle have been butchered, and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But they paid no attention and went off, one to his field, another to his business. The rest seized his servants, mistreated them, and killed them. The king was enraged. He sent his army and destroyed those murderers and burned their city. Then he said to his servant, The wedding banquet is ready. But those I invited do not, did not deserve to come. So go into the street corners and invite to the banquet anyone you find. So the servants went out into the streets and gathered all the people they could find, the bad as well as the good, and, wedding, and the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to see the guests, he noticed that a man was there who was not wearing, a wedding, clo- wearing wedding clothes. He asked him, how did you get in here without wedding clothes? And the man was speechless. Then the king told the attendants, tie him hand and foot and throw him outside into the darkness where they will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. That doesn't sound very pleasant, does it? No, it doesn't. This is what in Luke chapter 16, Jesus speaks of the rich man Lazarus, okay? And the rich man had everything he wanted, and Lazarus was a beggar that begged to eat from the crumbs that fell from the rich man's table. Now the time came when the beggar died, and the angels carried him to Abraham's side to a place of comfort. The rich man also died and was buried in hell where he was in torment. He looked up and saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side. 
in hell. And he cried out, Father Abraham, have pity on me and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue because I am in agony in this flame. The book, one more. One more. Hell's not real. Hell's very real. And people need to hear about it. See, it's great to say, well, we need a, sal- we need a Savior. A Savior from what? Savior from hell to keep us from going to hell. And when the thousand years was over, Satan was released from his prison. He will go out to deceive the nations in the four corners of the earth, to Gog and Magog, and to gather them together for battle. In number, they are like the sand of the sea. And, the, and, and, and God destroys them, okay? The, they marched across the breadth of the earth and summoned the camp of, and surrounded the camp of God's people, the city he loves. But fire came down from heaven and devoured them. And the devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake of burning sulfur where the beast and false prophet had already been thrown. So just this is after the millennium. So before the millennium, when Satan is, is bound for that thousand years, the uh, false prophet and the beast are thrown into the lake of fire. All right? That was a thousand years or earlier. They will be tormented day and night forever and ever. And then when you go on here to down a few verses to the great to the judgment, the great white throne judgment, uh, then death and Hades were thrown into the hell, into the lake of fire. And the lake of fire is the second death. Anyone whose name was not found written in the book of life was thrown in the lake of fire. This is the same lake of fire that will burn forever and ever and ever and ever. That's what Jesus saved us from. The wrath of God being poured out on us saved us from having to go to hell because he loved us enough that he put out his hands and died on a cross and said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. It wasn't just for the Roman soldiers. He was looking right down at history. He was looking at you. He was looking at me. He was looking for all of us who would call on his name and believe in him. If you can't accept Jesus now, you're not going to do it during the Great Tribulation. Good news is, and there's always good news. Want to hear some good news? Yeah, gospel truth. You don't have to go through the Great Tribulation. And you don't have to spend eternity in the lake of fire. Oh, yeah. Jesus said that he would be coming back for his bride. That there's coming a time when the trumpet of God shall sound, the dead in Christ shall be raised first, and we who are alive and remaining will be caught up together with them in the clouds so we shall ever be with the Lord forever. We're going to go to heaven. That's called the rapture. Okay? 
the word caught up in, in uh, Thessalonians, which talks about the rapture of the church, means specifically rapture. It's caught up with violence. Did you know that? It's a violent snatching up. Brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring with him, bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. According to the Lord's own word, not the apostles, according to the Lord's own word, we tell you that we who are still alive who are left until the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice <coughs> excuse me, of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are, and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we, shall, we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Caught up, that's where we get the word. That caught up is means a violent snatching away. Don't miss your opportunity. Time is growing short, more than ever before. There are more people out there now talking about the rapture than there has ever been. And more in these last in this last year that has been. God has opened the eyes and is calling preachers and calling people to get the word out that the end is near. And you need to be ready no matter what. There's no more excuses. If you don't know Jesus, why not? We waiting for a written invitation? Here it is. There's your written invitation. Come to Jesus. Come to me. You don't have to worry. You don't have to have fear. You just have to understand that we all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. If your church isn't teaching that, you need to get out of it. You need to get out of that church if they don't teach you that you need that salvation the only way that God's blood is the only thing. He said, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. Your sins cannot be removed unless blood is shed, or you shed your blood to pay for the sins. If you do not accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and I'm sorry to say this, and I know you Sally, you should be more compassionate. Look, Bible says, on some have compassion, making a difference. On others, save with fear, pulling, pulling, them, from, pulling them from the flames. <clears throat> some people need to be pulled from the flames. Look, I do this because I love you. I don't know you, but Jesus has put a love in my heart for you. He wants you to be saved. He wants you to come to him. He wants you to be saved from the torments of hell. This is not a game. This is not a touchy-feely, make-me-feel-good, Pastor. I can't do it. I would be in violation of God's word if I told you otherwise. We are in the end of times. 
It's time to wake up. Knock off that coat of woke and put on a garment of praise. Start praising God for his greatest gift, his son who died on a cross for you. And you don't have to join a church. You don't have to do anything. It's free. You just need to accept the work that Jesus did on the cross. Put your total faith in him. And you will be saved. Um, listen, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm just finding this in a very special Bible here, um, This is called an expanded translation. It is actually the Greek in the way the Greek was written. If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart God raised him from among the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart, faith is exercised, resulting in righteousness. And with the mouth, confession is made, resulting in salvation. For the scripture says... Everyone who believes on him shall not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord is over all, constantly, ri constantly rich towards all who call upon him. For whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You need to put your faith in him. You need to confess it. You just need to cry out to God and say, Lord, I need you. Have mercy on me, a sinner. You do that. God will do something inside you. He will change you. He will take out that heart of stone, and he'll give you a heart of flesh, a heart that's sensitive to him, a heart that's sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit. But you have to do it. I know there's somebody out there listening to the sound of my voice that has not accepted Jesus. And you know, there's no set prayer. People always talk about the, the sinner's prayer. Just cry out to God. You know what my sinner's prayer was? Lord, I give up. I need you to come in and take over my life. That was it. That was my sinner's prayer. I didn't say, dear Lord, please accept it. No, that's not necessary. Cry out to your heart. Out of your heart, God hears you. If you've done it, then you need to confess it. Reach me at reach out to me at the truth must be told.org. I showed you already there's a place there where you can link in and send me a message. Sal, I have a question about salvation. Sal, I asked Jesus for salvation. What do I do now? I will do everything I can to help you. Contact me through the truth must be told.org. Let me know. Let me know. I promise you I won't leave your name 
on the air. I promise you I'm not going to spam you. I don't not even set up for that. I'm just a little one-room operation here. But it's time to repent and come to Jesus. God loves you. He really does. He loves you so much, and he wants you to be with him in heaven. He cries out. Lord, who may dwell in your sacred tent? Who may live on your holy mountain? The one whose walk is blameless and does what is righteous and who speaks the truth from their heart, whose tongue utters no slander and who does no wrong to a neighbor and casts no slur on others. That's out of the book of Psalms. Some pretty stuff in Psalms. Blessed is the one who does not walk and step with the wicked, or stand in the way of sinners, or take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither, whatever they do, prosper. You want to have a prosperous life? Study the Word of God. You want your best life now? Study the Word of God. Stop listening to these people and talk to God directly. Get yourself a Bible. I mean, it's great that it's online electrically, electronically, but I love having one in my hands. There's something about it. You can cry over it. You get happy, you can throw it in the air. You can weep on it. You can mark in it. Go get you one. All right. I've said enough. I'm going to close it here, but God bless you guys for listening. Reach out to me at thetruthmustbetold.org. Again, that's thetruthmustbetold.org. Have yourself a great weekend, great Lord's Day tomorrow. And we will talk to you soon, either here, there, or in the air. God bless.